Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. to you all here. If you have your Bibles, open them up, if you will please, to the book of Acts, chapter 27, chapter 28. That will be the two chapters that I'm going to glean from. I won't really want to read all this to you, but I don't want to take up all the time to read these two chapters. They're, they're fairly lengthy. Uh, but I want to talk to you this morning really on the whole idea of our D6 theme of the week. Uh, our D6 theme for the entire family this week is, is God's omniscience. And omniscience is just a big fancy word that means that God is all-knowing. There's not one thing that He does not know. He understands, knows everything about your life. He knows the valleys that you walk through. He knows the mountaintops that you rejoice on. He knows the trials. He knows the heartaches. He knows the pressures. He understands the worries. Uh, He he knows everything there is to know about you. Uh, But here's the good news about all of that. Even though He knows everything... I find it amazing that he still loves us. Hello? I mean, you know, we try to, you know, whenever we get out in, in public and get around our, our friends and coworkers and neighbors, we try to put our best face on and, you know, we try to have a, portray a, a good perception, if you will. Uh, but God knows us. He knows the deep, dark secrets of our life. He knows everything there is to know about us. And, uh, and he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And, and even though he's all-knowing, he still loves us. I find that pretty amazing, uh, that God would love us, even with all of our warts and our flaws and our, our failures and our struggles. Uh, he still loves us. Uh, the great news is that, that he always loves us. And I guess the greater news than that is that he always will. Uh, there's nothing you'll ever do to make God love you anymore. So quit trying to earn his approval or his love. He loves you. There's nothing you'll ever do to cause him to love you any less. His love for you is supreme, he, and, and he's all-knowing. And well, that's our D6 theme of the week, and that's what we're going to be discussing. Our kids have been studying that this morning in Sunday school. Our small groups are all studying the, the Fusion Guide. If you don't have this semester's or this quarter's Fusion, uh, there's some on the back table back there. Please be sure you stop by and pick up your devotional magazine. Uh, we want everybody to have that. And this week in our small groups, as well as our own personal study, uh, we're studying this theme on omniscience. Well, the goal this week is this, that we would trust the creator of all things, even when we suffer. When we're going through trials, when we're going through heartaches, we must learn how to even trust God as we're going through those difficult seasons of life. And every single one of us have had some heartache. Every single one of us have gone through some valleys. Every single one of us have faced some type of suffering, some type of trial, uh, whether it be relational, whether it be financial, whether it be a job, whether it be a marriage, whatever it is, we've all faced some difficulties in life. And what we need to learn how to do and what we're going to study this week through all of our devotions together each week is hopefully and prayerfully we're going to learn how to trust God even when life simply does not make sense. 
You ever been there? You ever been there where you feel like your world is just in a downward spiral and it's, it's falling faster than you can imagine and it seems like everything is completely out of control and well, God's still there. And we must learn to trust Him even in those difficult seasons of life. This week we're going to be studying through the life of Job and or actually this quarter, this time frame, we're studying through the life of Job and we'll be in Job chapter 38 and 39 in our devotions this week. So be sure to pick up your, your Fusion magazine and, and let's study this together. And that's the goal of the week, that we would learn to trust the Creator, God of all things, even when we are, are suffering. Uh, something that I always find comforting whenever I start thinking about trusting God, even when I'm in a hard place. I always find this comforting. I always remind myself that in God's vocabulary there is no uh uh-oh or wow, I just didn't see that coming. Or you realize God never gets blindsided by anything. He's omniscient. And that's hard to get our arms around as, as individuals that, of course, are not. It's hard for us to discern and understand a God that is all-knowing. But He understands and He knows everything. So hopefully and prayerfully, through all of that, we can find great comfort, okay? So we're going to look at and try to give an application by looking into the New Testament, into the life of the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was an individual that had a great desire to go to Rome and preach the gospel, but I don't believe he intended to go to Rome the way that he did. He went as a prisoner. And here we see in chapter number 24 or 26, you'll see where he went to King Agrippa, And that's the great almost persuaded chapter. We almost persuaded King Agrippa to become a believer as he's preaching to him. And and then, of course, the Apostle Paul, through all of his trial that he's in because he's preaching the gospel, he's going through all these different trials. and, and, uh, And then he appeals to Caesar. And because he appealed to Caesar, King Agrippa said, I just let this man go. He's done really nothing that we should hold him in account for or hold him prisoner for. I would let him go. However, he appealed to Caesar. So I must send him to Caesar. So now he's going as a prisoner to Rome. I'm trying to kind of unpack chapter 25, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 for you uh, so we don't have to just read the whole thing. He's on his journey now to Rome. He's been put on this ship, and he's on this journey. Now when you start looking at the Apostle Paul's life, and here's a man that's sold out to go with God. Here's a man that's really, really laying the foundation and the groundwork of the New Testament church. He's given all these wonderful principles from the Word of God. He's establishing churches everywhere that he's going. He's on all these missionary journeys. He's encouraging, he's rebuking, he's teaching, he's equipping, he's sharing, he's he's building. And here we find him, really, you would think, at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, life just couldn't get any worse for the Apostle Paul at this point in this time. He's a prisoner. He's held captive. He's been thrown now on a ship. And now he's fixing to make the journey to Rome. That's where we find ourselves. And here we find the Apostle Paul in one of those difficult places in life. But I think there's some lessons that we can learn through this journey. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of trusting God in the storms. Trusting God in the storms. Once again, I'll put the goal at the bottom of the slide for you so that it just be hopefully burned into our image where we will learn to trust the Creator, God of all things, even when we suffer, even when we are in the storms. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we stand in need of You this morning. And God, we thank You for this day that You've given us a privilege to be able to come together and worship collectively. A time now to be able to open 
the word of God and receive what thus saith the Lord. And God, I can't preach this message in and of myself. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed through the suffering and the trials and the heartaches and the storms of life. But God, help us to be able to glean from your word today some truths that will help us. Help us to understand that you are all-knowing, that you're in control of all things. Help us, God, to be able to trust you when we have no idea what the future holds. Help us to be able to trust you when sickness comes upon us or financial troubles come upon us or relational issues arise. Help us, God, to trust you. Speak to hearts today. Bless those that need blessing. Encourage those that need encouragement. Finger around the heart of that individual that needs to surrender their life to you. And we'll give you the praise and the glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you in Acts chapter number 27? Acts chapter 27 and verse number, verse number 20. I'm, I'm just going to pull a few verses of Scripture as we glean and kind of make our way through this message this morning. Acts chapter 27 and verse number 20. The Bible says, For many days neither sun nor stars appeared, and the severe storm kept raging. Finally, all hope that we would be saved was disappearing. Here we find the Apostle Paul thrown right in the middle of this storm. And by the way, he gave them a warning before the storm hit that, guys, we probably should not go. He gave them a word from the Lord. They chose to ignore it. We should not go on this journey. We should not go on this trip. We should not set sail. They ignored it. The storm hits. And I want you to look in verse number 20 once again. For many days, I want you to underline that. I want you to circle that. I want you to get, I want you to get a hold of that. For many days... The sun didn't shine. The stars did not appear. There was a severe storm that kept raging. Finally, after many days of no sun, no stars, the raging of the storm, all hope that they would be saved was disappearing. Let me ask you a question. Have you been there? Have you been there when the storms of life are raging? Have you been there when it seems like for many days you're in the middle of this storm and, and you just would wish and hope and pray that, that it's a bad dream and you could wake up and it'd be all completely over? Have you been there, church? I guess we've all been there. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you trust God in the middle of the storm with your life? Can you trust God even when things go unexpectedly wrong? Can you trust God even when your situation is so discouraging that you can't even see a way out? You have no idea which way to go. You ever been there? Am I the only one that's ever been there? Have we ever been there? Have you ever been in the middle of a storm and, and, and you just feel like you don't have any idea which way to go? You don't know what decision to make next. You're, you're just kind of lost in the storm. And you trust the Lord when things seem hopeless? Well, that's where we find the Apostle Paul here. The storm was raging. The wind was blowing. The rain was pouring. The ship was being tossed to and fro. In spite of the best efforts of the crew of that day, they could not get control of the ship. It was being battered. It was being beaten by the storm. As a matter of fact, the morale on the ship 
had fallen to an all-time low. And those 276 people that were on board now realized that they all were getting ready. They were very close to death. Listen, guys, we've all had moments like that. We've all had moments in our life when the storm is raging and the wind is blowing and the rain is beating and the waves are, are clashing against our life. Perhaps even there's a storm that's brewing in your life right now. Possibly it's a storm in marriage. Maybe as a husband and wife, you two aren't getting along very well. Maybe the storm is in your marriage. Maybe the storm is in your finances. You look around and people are losing their job left and right and financial situations are getting very difficult. Maybe it's a relational storm that you're in the middle of right now and you're having family issues. Possibly you're at the place where the morale in your own life is like the 276 that are on board this ship. It's at an all-time low. You feel like there's no hope. There's no way out. It's at an all-time low. For many days it's been like this. We're in despair. We're discouraged. There's hopelessness. Things, things look, look bleak. Well, guys, let me tell you something. The good news is, is that in the middle of our storms, in the middle of our personal storms, get this now, hold on, let's put a pause button right there, that are ordained by God, do you realize there's some reasons why God lets us go through the storm? So let's get back to my statement. In the middle of our personal storm. That feels like we've lost hope. There's no end. There's no way out. We don't know which way to go. We don't know which way is north, south, east, or west. The waves are battering. The ship is about to sink. We feel like we're going to die. The load is too heavy. We don't know what to do. We're hopeless. In the middle of all of that, God gives us a word of hope. God gives us a message of encouragement. That's what he did for Paul. I want you to look in Acts chapter 27, verse 22 through 25. I just shared with you how many days the sun did not shine in verse number 20. The storm was severe. It kept raging. All hope and despair was settling in or being lost for, the, for those on the ship. 276 thought they were going to die. Look at verse 22 through, through 25. Here in the middle of the storm, God gives an encouraging word of hope. Now, guys, church, listen, church, right here we all get a little bit excited. I mean, yeah, we have storms that are raging in our life, but we got to learn how to trust the one who is omniscient. We got to trust the one who knows all things. We got to trust the one, although the storm may have taken us by surprise, the storm never takes our God by surprise. Hello? And we must learn to trust Him. And in the middle of our storm, we, church, can receive an encouraging word from the Lord. Look in verse 22. Paul says, Now I urge you, take courage. Paul, are you crazy? you got to remember, Paul tried to preach and teach and share some words of wisdom to this crew. These 276 that were on board before they ever, ever left on the ship. And they completely ignored him. But in the middle of the storm now, Paul rises up and he says, Guys, I want to urge you to take courage. Because there will be no loss of any of your lives, but only the ship. You know what Paul is saying in verse number 22? He's saying, This ship will be destroyed, but your lives will be saved. You know the very thing that the individuals on that ship were putting their trust in? In the ship. 
And God said, I'm going to destroy the ship, but you will be saved. You know what God does in many of our lives? He's trying to destroy the ships that we're putting our trust in, in place of putting our trust in Him. Now let that resonate in the Spirit. In the storms of your life, what are you putting your trust in? And by the way, most likely, according to the Word of God and the example that we see here with the Apostle Paul, if it's anything other than God, God will remove that very thing that you're putting your trust in so that He can teach you how to trust in Him instead of whatever it is you're putting your trust in. Now, guys, I'm going somewhere with all this. I hope you're getting it. Hello? These 276 people that were on this ship, with the exception of the Apostle Paul, had put all of their trust on the ship. And the ability... And the wisdom, and the talent, and the skill level, and the training of those that were maneuvering the ship. And right in the middle of this storm, we get an encouraging word from the Lord. Where the Apostle Paul rises up in verse 22. He says, men, listen to me. This ship is going to be destroyed. But the good news is, none of us will be. Amen? This ship will be destroyed, but none of us will be. Verse 23. For this night an angel of God I belong to and serve stood by me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And look, God has graciously given you all those who are sailing with you. Boy, we serve a good God, don't we? I mean, here we got these other 275 individuals, 276 on board. Take the Apostle Paul out. 275 are not putting their trust in God. Paul had tried to give them a word from the Lord before the storm even hit. They would not listen to it. Oh, church. Is that us or what? Hey, when things are going good, we don't need a word from the Lord, so we think. When things are going good, we trust in self. When things are going good, we trust in the job. When things are going good, we trust in all these things around us. And then all of a sudden a storm hits. And unfortunately, a lot of us continue to trust in those things. And Paul's saying, I believe in God. Verse 25, therefore, take courage, men, because I believe God, that it will be just the way that it was told me. The Apostle Paul is saying, men, we must transfer who we're putting our trust in. Now, guys, there's several things I want to say about the storm here. But I want you to get this. And I hope you can see this in this passage of Scripture. These individuals were placing their hope in the ship. And Paul said the ship's going to be destroyed. But you will be saved. Place your hope in God. And guys, I don't know what it is that you're trusting on out there this morning. The storms are raging and the battle's brewing. And maybe we're looking everywhere in the world for the answers. The answers are in God. Hello? The answers are in Him. You see, I'm glad to say this morning that whenever the storms rage in our life, we've got a word of encouragement from the Lord. I'm glad to say whenever the storms are raging in our life and the, and the ship of life is being battered by the circumstances and, and what's going on in our world today, we have a message of hope 
from the Lord. What is it? It's called the Bible. Amen? It's called the Word of God. And what we need to learn how to do is to dive into God's Word whenever the storms are raging and trust in this encouraging Word that we receive from the Lord. Let me share with you two verses of Scripture in Isaiah 41.10. The Bible says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10. Well, I remember in my own life whenever a particular storm was raging in, in my own life, and this goes years back. This was right after... Debbie had had cancer, and right after God started dealing with my own personal life and, and the ship that I was holding on to and some of the material things and, some of the, and, and the job and the career that I was holding on to, and all of a sudden a storm started raging in my own life, and God was calling me to abandon the ship that I was holding on to and to step into full-time ministry. Now, I'm not saying that's God's plan for everyone. I'm just sharing with you my story. At that time, I was driving a UPS truck, and I was also being courted, if you will, by the management of our company at UPS, and they were trying to persuade me to stop driving a truck and become a manager in a managing position of being a driver supervisor over about 35 routes and, and just supervise those drivers. And, and I was really contemplating, Lord, is that the way I should go, or should I go with you? And deep in my heart, I felt like I needed to go with God but it just didn't make sense on paper. <laughs> it just didn't make sense on paper. I mean, here we had our house. We had five acres of land. We had an in-ground swimming pool. We had all this stuff. We had a ski boat, all this stuff that I thought that I had to have. And, and it just didn't make sense. Well, there was, a, there was a longing in my heart to go with God, but there was a struggle. I was holding on to these other things. And there were some storms that started raging in my own personal life. And in the bulkhead of my UPS truck, I wrote this verse. Isaiah 41.10. Now, back in that day, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have an iPhone that I could just look at. I didn't have any of that stuff today. All I had was a piece of paper and a big, thick Sharpie that we used to write on our boxes in the back of the UPS truck. And so with that big Sharpie and that piece of paper, I wrote this verse, Isaiah 41.10. And I put it right up above at the window of the UPS truck. Right above that, I put this verse. Because I needed to remind myself that I did not need to fear. I did not need to put my trust in other things around me. I just need to put my trust in the Lord. Do not fear, for I am with you. And guys, maybe some of you need to jot down Isaiah 41.10 and put it in your own life. Maybe put it over the speedometer. No, don't. that's a bad, bad, bad idea, bad analogy. Put it over the RPM gauge. You don't need that anymore, especially if you have an automatic. Put it on your dash of your car. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear. This is a command from the Lord. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2 is another great verse. Now this is what the Lord says, the one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by, my, by your name. You are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters. When you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire, and the flame will not burn you. The point I'm trying to share with you guys is that whenever the storm is raging, many times we hold on to those things that we think will deliver us. And if it's anything other than God, I promise you, it will not deliver you. 
You'll go down with it if you hold on to it. Hello? We need to hold on to the Lord. Here's something else I want you to know in the middle of your storm. God is not MIA. He's not missing in action. He's there. And usually, unfortunately, oftentimes that's the last place we look. But He's there. As a matter of fact, He is the, he is the one that has orchestrated the whole thing so that His Word and His purpose will be fulfilled. Paul shares a tremendous amount of hope with these individuals that are about to lose their life. Guys, do you realize that in the middle of our storm, God gives us two things? In the middle of our storm, He gives us two things. The first thing He gives us is a message of hope. In the middle of our storm, He gives us a message of hope. The second thing He gives us is a ministry. Guys, do you realize that usually the thing that is most painful for you that you go through in life will oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes turn out to be one of your greatest ministries that you can give back to the church and to the community and to those around you. In the middle of this storm, the Apostle Paul had a message from the Lord. And God will give us a message of hope if we would just go to the Word of God, if we would just look to Him who is omniscient, if we would just learn to trust in Him. He will give us that message of hope that we need. But friends, we must go to the Word of God and not Oprah. We must go to the Word of God and not Dr. Phil. We must go to the Word of God and not Fox News. We must go to the Word of God and not to our neighbor. We must go to the Word of God, friends. God gives us a message of hope if we would just go to it. There's a message of hope there. And it's in the Word of God. But not only is there a message of hope, in the middle of your storm, there's a ministry. Here you find where they, they are shipwrecked on this island. They wake up and it's the island of Malta. I mean, they're on the, the, the ship is destroyed. It's battered on the rocks. They're floating aboard uh, or floating ashore on these boards. No one died. Just as Paul said, just as God said, no one died. They're all on the island of Malta. Now, guess what was not on the island of Malta? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what God did for the Apostle Paul while he's on his journey to Rome? None of this stuff worked out the way that Paul thought it would. But he was submissive. And he stayed in the Word of God. He stayed in tune with God. He knew that God was omniscient. He put all of his trust in Him. The storm raged. The ship was destroyed. They all float ashore. They get to Malta. And there the Apostle Paul has a ministry. Now we all know the first thing you do as soon as you're shipwrecked on an island. I guess we've all experienced that so we know exactly what to do. Just kidding. But what do you do? It's survival mode first, right? I mean, we've got to learn how. we got to survive. So what do they start doing? They build a fire. And everybody jumps in and gets some wood and starts carrying to build a fire. And all of a sudden, here now, the Apostle Paul, you know the story, don't you? You know where I'm going with this? You know what happens in Malta? He's carrying some wood. He gets over the fire. He's throwing some wood on the fire. And what happens? Somebody shout it out to me. Snake, a viper, a snake, serpent, jumps up, bites him. Well, immediately everybody thought he was a cursed man. And that the gods, which they knew nothing about... We're, we're executing their judgment on him, if you will, and he was going to die. But I want you nothing happened to him. He was okay. So then what they said, they bowed to him and thought he must be a god. 
And Paul said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you, that's not it. And he started to share with them the gospel. And then one of the leaders of the camp, Omalta's son was sick. And Paul goes and ministers to that family. I'm not going to unpack that whole story. But I want you to see right in the middle of that storm... When Paul's life was completely upside down, he gets a word from the Lord and he gets a ministry. Guys, whenever we're going through storms, many times we've got to change our focus. Oftentimes our focus is on ourselves. Woe is me. Look at me. Everybody give me sympathy. Everybody look at me. Everybody do this for me. I'm going through this storm. We don't see Paul doing that. He just looked to the Lord. He got a word from the Lord. And he did ministry right in the middle of the storm and God blessed. Hello? Let me hit these real quickly. There's storms that you'll hit. There's five of them. I'm just going to hit them in passing. They'll all be up on the screen here shortly. Matter of fact, you can get to the slide, I believe, Sandy, where all five of the storms I have up on the screen. There's different storms that we hit. And as, God, as we go through a storm, I believe God is trying to do something in our own life. The first thing He's trying to do is to get us to get our attention. The second thing He's trying to do is to get us to the place where we are more receptive to the Word of God. Now, there's a lot of storms we all face. There's a storm of disease. You know, whenever I was studying this message, my, my heart and my mind went to Miss Diane. Ms. Diane Griffin, going through the disease that she went through of cancer. And I tell you what, guys, if there's ever an example, I believe a godly example of how to handle the storm of disease, if you need a face for that, it's Diane Griffin. Hello? Stand up, Diane. I want everybody to know who I'm talking about. This lady right here. Amen. Give her a hand. Give her a great hand. That's awesome. You know, you know what she did? She didn't, she didn't crave attention from everybody. She didn't sing the woe is me song. She didn't go around trying to get sympathy from everybody. You know what she would say? I'd say, Diane, how you feeling? Oh, I, I'm good as it can be. This is God's will. I'm going to get through it. This help. We're going to get through it. We're going, it, it, it is what it is. How many times do you hear her say, it is what it is? Right? This was a lady that just trusted in God in the middle of having breast cancer and going through all the surgeries and chemos. and I mean, she would even come into church as frail and weak. I remember the time when she had her treatments and all of her hair had fallen out. And the ladies of our church, you all wore those, those crazy hats that day to kind of encourage her. And that's what a church family does. As a church family, you guys did the right thing as well. You come alongside and you rally and you encourage. But I remember that son. Man, that's just engraved in my image of, of my heart and my mind. And I'm so thankful for that. But she came in and she's very frail. I remember giving her a hug one day out in the hallway. And, Dan, how you doing? Well, I'd be okay if these fingers would stop. But it is what it is. And we're just going to get through. And, and her skin was falling off of her fingers and her hands. And, and she was just praising the Lord. She didn't miss a beat. Man, she was here every opportunity she had to be at church. She was here. I was amazed sometimes when I would see her walk into church. I mean, if anybody had a reason to sit at home, it was, Diane, would you agree? But no, she looked to the Lord, and I believe she trusted God with all of her heart. The Creator God of all things, she trusted Him. And she was a blessing to many people that watched how she reacted to the storm of disease. Let's give her another hand. She certainly deserves it. There's the storm of divorce. Oftentimes, man, divorce is so painful. 
and it hurts so deep. But I want to share with you Psalm 147.3. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. Guys, we need to learn how to be sympathetic with those that are struggling and going through divorce. We need to give godly biblical counsel. But the same token, we need to be sympathetic with those individuals and point them to a God who heals broken hearts. Amen? There's a storm of disaster. There's the storm of depression. There's the storm of death. I just don't have time to unpack. I wish I could spend time and unpack all these. But I think you get the point. We all go through storms. My prayer for you is this as I try to wrap this thing up. It's kind of funny. I prepare seven pages of notes to share with you in my study. And if I write down everything, or if I, if I only take the time for everything that I've shared with you from my notes, we've probably only been three minutes into this message. I haven't shared with you hardly anything that I've written down. All of this is just coming as I'm standing here. And I, okay, God, I'm trusting you right now, okay? It's amazing how God just puts different perspectives on it as you look at the Scripture each time. There's so many different applications. But here's one thing I did write down I want you to get. My prayer... As we study this week on God's omniscience, as we realize that we're all going to face storms, my prayer for you is this. First of all, that we will become more sensitive to the storms that are stirring in people's lives. You see, there's storms that are stirring everywhere. Oftentimes we can't see them in people's lives, but everybody has a heartache, guys. Everybody's struggling with something. Most of the time, most people are going through some storms. And my prayer is that we as a church and we as individuals will be sensitive and aware, make ourselves aware of the storms that other people are, are going through. The second prayer I have for you is this. I want you to let people know that even when there's nothing we can do, there's something God can do. Amen? When you're going through the storm, there may not be anything tangible or physical that you can do. But what you can do, you can let them know there's a God that can do a whole lot for you. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. My prayer is also, thirdly, that you and I would let people know that God cares about their stormy circumstances. That He cares about our stormy circumstances. And number four, that God gives us a message of hope. He gives us a ministry. And he gives us a purpose for the storm. I don't know what storm you're going through today. I don't know what storm you may be right in the middle of. But God does. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. The storm may have taken you by surprise. But it's never taken our God by surprise. And whatever it is that you may be holding on to, thinking that's going to get you through the storm... I want to tell you this, don't hold on to it too tight because most likely God's trying to get your attention through something and whatever it is you're holding on to other than Him may just possibly get destroyed like the ship was destroyed. So you have nothing else to hold on to but God. You've got to remember, the Scripture says that our God's a jealous God. Amen? He's a jealous God. And if you're holding on to anything else other than Him... He may, and God's God, and I'm not trying to predict what God does, and He can do whatever He wants to do without asking my permission. Amen? 
He doesn't need me to approve what he's going to do. He can just do whatever he wants to do, and I understand that. But I know in my own personal life I've seen it, and in ministry I've seen it, and pastoring all these years I've seen it. I've seen God allow some storms to come in people's lives to rock their world a little bit to get their attention and sometimes to change their focus and their priorities so they quit focusing so much on whatever it is they're holding on to and they'll fall in love with him and start trusting him as every head is bowed and every eye is closed i want to ask you this church what storm are you in the middle of right now where are you what storm are you in the middle of? I just put five examples up on the, on the screen. It may be none of those. It may be something else entirely different that you're facing. What storm are you going through? The second thing, what are you holding on to in the storm? What are you trusting in in the middle of the storm? Have you really thrown it all down at the feet of Jesus? Have you thrown it all down at the cross? I want you to know this. God knows where you are. He knew exactly how many people were on that ship. And he gave a word of encouragement to Paul. He said, tell them they're not going to lose their lives, but the very thing they're putting their trust in, I'm going to destroy, but they will be saved. Tell them to trust in me. Guys, I almost want to echo the same words of the Apostle Paul to us here today. There may be a storm raging. I want you to know that God knows. He knows exactly where you are in the storm. And the very thing that you may be putting your trust in, God may just remove that thing from your life so that you will learn to trust in Him. You have a word of hope. We have the word of God. I want to encourage you to go to, the, go to the God of the word. Go in prayer. Call on God's face. Get a hold of him. He's got a message of hope for you. He's got a ministry for you while you're right in the middle of the storm. We just got to change our focus. Get it off of the storm and get it on God. And you'll be amazed at what God can do in your life. I don't know what storm you're in this morning. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in just a moment. Maybe you just need to come forward for prayer. Maybe you just need to say, Pastor, I'd just love for you to pray for me. I'm struggling. I'm going through a storm. You don't have to tell me what it is. Just share that you're going through a storm. I would love to lay hands on you and pray with you. You don't have to come forward if you wouldn't like. Maybe you can just sit right there. But I do want to get you to do this recognize there's a storm there's a word of encouragement in the storm there's a ministry for you while you're in the storm and turn it all upward look to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith place your trust in God Father this morning I don't know all the needs of all the people here today God but you do and Lord I pray right now God, I've just tried to be obedient to you today in the Word. Lord, I got so far away from what I intended to say. I hope and pray that I said something that, first of all, was obedient to you.
And secondly, that was a blessing to those that may need to hear it today. God, I know we're all in storms at different times of life. And God, it's tough. Lord, I pray you'd help us to trust in you. I pray, God, for our church family and the needs that are out there. And Father, I just ask you, Lord, that you would just encourage their hearts. Finger around in their spirit right now. Give them a Holy Spirit thump on the head. Let them know you're there. God, may they turn their hearts and their lives to you. Cling to you through this storm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.